Welcome to Big Questions. This is Cal Fussman. I had another podcast planned for release this week, but a friend of mine needs to do something that must be done, and he isn't sure if he can do it. I understand how difficult that is, but I know we can pull it off, and I was looking for a way to inspire. So I decided to create a new episode of Big Questions in a different format. I thought I'd simply tell the story of a man who did what nearly everyone else in the world would have thought impossible. This man did probably the most amazing thing I've ever seen, and a lot of people would probably agree with me on that. I did an interview with British mogul Richard Branson once about it, and I even got my friends at Fandango to send me the audio of that interview, which I can play later. You'll see how it relates, and I hope the story I tell somehow lifts you, no matter what you're going through. Now, I wasn't on site when this event occurred, August 7th, 1974. But I remember being mesmerized by photographs and news reports at the time. Years later, a documentary took me behind the scenes, made me feel like I was there. And years after that, a feature film was created about the event. I'm telling you, I've seen this documentary, Man on Wire, and the feature film, The Walk, at least a dozen times. So... I'm kind of working from all the information I saw from those films. Plus, I did get to have a phone conversation with the man at the heart of it. His name is Philippe Petit. So where does this start? Well, there are many starts, but the idea was hatched in Paris in 1968. A French street performer, that's why he's got the name Philippe Petit, He'd set up a rope and juggle on it as he walked for coins out in the streets of Paris. And one day, he's in a dentist's office with a toothache. A bunch of other patients are there. He's waiting, he's waiting, and he comes across a newspaper article about the construction of the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center. It would be the highest building in the world. Now, Philippe had just turned 18. In that instant, in that dental office, he knew what he was meant to do with his life, to rig a wire between those towers and walk in the clouds at the top of the world. He got so excited, he forgot about the toothache, ripped the story from the paper, left the office. Towers were being constructed to a height of more than 1,300 feet. And I know exactly what that number means because many years later, I worked as a sommelier at a restaurant called Windows on the World, which was on the top of the North Tower. I like to say that looking down through those floor-to-ceiling windows on the necklace of bridges and diamond sparkling lights from that height was like listening to Frank Sinatra Sing New York, New York for the first time. Now, it would be about six years from the day in that dentist's office before Philippe Petit 
would confront his dream in downtown Manhattan. The narrative developed in front of the world's eyes, and yet virtually nobody would be aware of what he planned to do. Halfway between the moment in that dentist's office and August 7, 1974, Philippe secretly figured out a way to string wire between the towers at the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris, and he walked that wire and juggled between those towers. When fire recently burned the cathedral down to the ground, I was left thinking about that moment. The loss of the cathedral made the image of his walk in my mind even more powerful. A couple of years after he did it, Philippe and a band of helpers hacksawed through bars to gain entrance to the pylons on one edge of the Sydney Harbor Bridge in Australia. He would later superglue the bars together so that nobody would notice and pick through locks to set up his wire. Oh, forgot to mention, at the time, he didn't even have the money to buy the cable. So he made a deal with the cable manufacturer in Australia to do a juggling show at their factory for 60 yards of wire. He and his friends used an ingenious method of setting up the wire, started by hurling fishing line with a sinker from one pylon to the other. The fishing line was attached to a light rope, which could be pulled along, and the rope was attached to a heavier rope, which could be pulled along, which would be attached to the cable that could be pulled taut and secured. Now, in a strange way, it seemed like setting the rigging up without anybody knowing was way more difficult than the actual walking of the wire. Because back in France, Philippe had practiced walking on a wire with his girlfriend Annie on his back. He also practiced while Annie and the others were pulling and yanking on the wire so that he had to maintain balance as if he were swaying in incredible winds. Philippe and the wire were one. Someone who helped him once asked him if he was scared. And Philippe replied, I fear that one day I may experience fear. Which tells me there is courage in mastery. Philippe was, of course, grabbed by police as he came off the wire on Sydney Harbor Bridge. But here's the thing. Philippe was a master of sleight of hand. He'd started doing magic tricks when he's about six years old. And as he's being led away by this policeman, he quickly stripped the watch off the policeman's hand. And then, and asked the policeman what time it was. Cop looked up puzzled, and Philippe gave him back his watch. And after that, Philippe returned the wallet he had pickpocketed from the same cop. When you watch footage of the walk on Sydney Harbor Bridge in the documentary Man on Wire, you can see Philippe's hair blowing back from the wind. As high as the Sydney Harbor Bridge actually is, the towers at the World Trade Center were a whole nother level. So Philippe gets to New York in 74 to prepare for what he calls the coup. He did something that we all can do when we feel like we're in a difficult situation, he looked at the difficulty from a higher level to reduce it. So he takes this helicopter ride over to World Trade Center, 
so that it would diminish the view when he was looking down from the top of the towers. It's a tactic that can be really helpful for all of us. If you're ever in a difficult situation, imagine someone who's in a more difficult situation and gotten out of it. When Philippe arrived in New York, he posed as a French journalist writing newspaper stories about the construction of the World Trade Center. He was given access to go to the top and view the workers. Friend poses as a cameraman, and that gave Philippe a way of filming the terrain to see how the wire might be set up. Only one thing. At a certain point, he stepped on a nail. I mean, after all, it was a construction site. The nail penetrated into his foot. What could be worse for a wire walker? And yet, that moment teaches a huge lesson. Because Philippe needed to get crutches. And when he returned to the site with those crutches, everybody started holding doors open for him so they could be helpful. Nobody questioned him with his crutches. Of course, all this would change as time went on and the world would be radically different after the attack on 911. But back then, the crutches allowed him easier access in order to figure out how to smuggle up a ton of equipment. Even after his foot recovered, he kept going back to do reconnaissance on crutches. He found an inside man named Barry, who worked as the assistant director of research of whatever, and this is ironic, at a New York State insurance department. And Barry loaned Philippe an identification pass, which was forged, or which Philippe was able to forge. And then Philippe and his crew posed as construction workers with their crate containing a ton of equipment. And they carefully executed a plan to get their materials all the way to the top. On April 7, 1974, man, I was right about to go off to college. They moved through the obstacles to the top. But at one point near the top, a security guard appeared, middle of the night, and Philippe had to throw a tarp over himself and the others. For hours, these guys were hanging on a beam over a 1,200-foot drop. Philippe pricked a hole in the tarp with a needle, made it larger with a ballpoint pen, and waited for the security guard to move. Guard went off, and they were free to assemble. But think about it. Philippe had just spent hours motionless on this beam. Imagine what that would do to your muscles. Once they were on the top of the tower, Philippe was able to make a sign, and from the other tower, Philippe's friend, Jean-Louis, shot a bow and arrow attached to a filament toward Philippe. At first, Philippe couldn't see where the arrow landed, so he stripped his clothes off, and he's walking around hoping the filament would brush into his skin. He found the arrow dangling precipitously from the edge of the building. Now the filament was attached to rope, which was attached to cable. And as soon as they got the cable across, the wire began to fall. It didn't go all the way to the ground, but it landed in a deep sag, and it was left to his friend, Jean-Louis, and an accomplice they'd picked up along the way to pull this heavy wire handful by handful 
to get to the point where it could be taut enough to walk on. There was barely any time. Once daylight approached, they'd be discovered. And these two guys were struggling and struggling, trying to reel in the cable. After a while, the accomplice lost hope and desire. But the friend, Jean-Louis, stayed, persisted, and triumphed. I think of Jean-Louis pulling on that wire for half an hour, longer, struggling and struggling with it, and what friends can do for friends when we need it. Getting the supporting wires in place was not an easy task. They're called cavalettis in circus parlance. You can see how it was done on the documentary Man on Wire. Just as daylight approached, the wiring was all set. It wasn't perfect. It sagged a little, swayed a little. But the sun had come up, and they were out of time. Philippe's girlfriend Annie and some others who'd helped him, they showed up down below to watch, only to look up into the mist and see something black falling from the tower, an item of clothing. Philippe would once say, if I die, what a beautiful death, to die in the exercise of your passion. And then he put his left foot on the wire. Right foot was still on the building. He's carrying that 55-foot pole for balance, weighs 30 pounds. And he was frozen for a split second and an eternity. At that moment, he felt terrified. But then both his feet were on the wire, and he's testing it. In a very short time, Jean-Louis, on the other tower, could see Philippe's apprehension evaporate. On the wire, Philippe was at home. He doesn't cross the wire once and celebrate. Oh, no. He goes back and forth. He goes down on a knee and he bows. He goes down on his back 1,300 feet above the city of New York and he lays on that wire. Oh man, the police come and look, through the course of Philippe's career, he'd been arrested hundreds of times and police demand that he come off the wire. Philippe approaches them, then flips this 55-foot pole over his back, turns around, and walks back toward the other tower. Eight times total, he goes back and forth, 45 minutes, until the police tell one of the accomplices that they're sending a helicopter to pluck him off. Wouldn't have been a very good idea creating all that wind, but Philippe got the point, and he comes down to the edge of the tower and he steps off. He's hurled down the steps by the cops, handcuffed. But you know something? As they walk out, people are applauding. It was against the law, but we revere courage and creativity. If you're in a dilemma, those are the operative words. Courage and creativity. There are some others Philippe has mentioned in a TED Talk. Tenacity, improvisation. And years ago, when we spoke on the phone, I'll never forget what he told me. Faith replaces doubt. 
What advice, man. Made me realize it's hard to do anything that's hard without faith. That's why I think of Philippe Petit. Anytime I'm in a difficult or impossible situation, with faith, we can find a way. Our friends will help. And if we show tenacity, improvisation, courage, and creativity, we can do what needs to be done. So whatever difficulty you're going through right now, whatever wire you're walking, walk it with faith, courage, and tenacity, and with your friends supporting at both ends of the wire. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm not the only one who appreciates what Philippe in that moment stand for. Richard Branson, founder of the Virgin Group, sees the story I just told you as a way of life. I know that because I got a chance to interview Richard about the documentary of Philippe's Walk Across the Towers. Man on Wire is one of Richard's favorite films. And why wouldn't it be? Richard's a guy who tried to take a hot air balloon around the world. Well, we did the interview for a feature produced by Fandango called I Love Movies. Fandango, and I hope you've heard of it, but if you haven't, you ought to because it's a company that enables you to buy theater tickets in advance so you can make sure you see it. And if you want to see the face of happiness, give somebody a Fandango gift card as a present. doesn't matter how successful or rich the receiver is. Everyone always likes to be gifted a trip to the movies. So thanks, Sandro Cassero and the folks at Fandango for enabling me to run the audio on this short piece. You can access the video attached to the audio you're about to hear by Googling I Love Movies, Richard Branson. It felt like Branson was just as inspired by Philippe's walk as I was. Who knows? Maybe even more. But I think when you hear this, you're going to understand why Richard is now trying to take us into space. So have a listen. And definitely check out Man on Wire and the feature film The Walk, directed by Robert Zemeckis. I'm telling you, I have definitely seen the two of them more than a dozen times. Here's Richard. Hi, my name is Richard Branson, and my favorite movie is Man on Wire. I was born never to say no. I mean, I found life's been a lot more fun saying yes. I think the people in life who, you know, say yes to everything, generally speaking, you know, they may live a short life, but they live a very full life. And, you know, life's definitely the richer for it. I suppose I related particularly to, you know, what Philippe was trying to do. You're risking your, your life to try to accomplish something that uh, nobody's accomplished before. Philippe was an incredible Frenchman who, as a young man, used to uh, juggle and perform on the streets. And he learned to cross a rope on the streets and make a little bit of extra money by doing so. Manoir uh, followed his exploits to see whether he could quietly um, put a rope across the Twin Towers and cross it without anybody finding out that he was doing it and not getting caught um, was remarkable. The great thing about this documentary was it was uh, full of raw footage. It followed him behind the scenes and you really felt that, that uh, you, you were participating. 
this was the real the real person doing the real thing. It was great that uh, you know people then tried to turn it into a feature film. The walk, it was beautifully directed. It's fascinating when you know that you're still watching a film where you, you know, you're, you're terrified that they're going to fall. Everybody watching will have experienced all the emotions. You know, he was at the pinnacle of his life up there. It was going to be difficult for him ever to surmount a, a mountain that was going to be greater than this particular project. And he didn't want to come down off that wire, literally. Uh, there was one moment where he, he lays down on the wire and you can sort of feel, you know, damn it, I, you know, I've, I've got this far. I'm going to milk it for all, I've, all, it's, all it's got. I want to enjoy every second of it and I don't blame him for it. My name is Philippe Petit. I'm a wire walker. You just have to be careful not to get um, too comfortable in life and get into that mold where you want to sort of sit in a comfortable armchair and watch other people do, do these things. It's so much more fun to be doing them yourself. I understand exactly where Philippe's, Philippe's coming from. And I've been very fortunate to be able to follow in his footsteps. I've been able in my life to somehow make these challenges a reality. I love movies. That's a wrap. <laughs>
who I gave a Big Questions t-shirt to at a storytelling workshop I performed in Munich. David, well, just listen to him. Says it all, really. So first of all, thank you, Cal. I really have to tell you that I'm very, very particular when I wear shirts because I work out a lot. Um, the first instance I put this shirt on, it felt like a piece of cloud was on my stomach and my chest and my shoulders. And it was really funny because I told the other people about it. I told, I told Christoph, man, this shirt really felt like a piece of cloud. And he told me that you said this in your podcast. I've never heard your podcast before. So total confirmation. I'm going to bring this out to all the sports people. They're going to get it. You're going to have a whole new genre of people wanting these shirts. These shirts are real. The real deal, people. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Go to sportteek.com and see what he means. Also want to thank Charles DeBone for reaching out to nudge me to ask listeners to rate big questions on iTunes. Doesn't come natural to me, but I know he's right. So if you screenshot a rating of big questions on iTunes and email it to me, I'll put it in a drawing for a big questions t-shirt made by, that's right, Sportique. Hey, thanks for listening. And if there's a difficulty you're encountering, walk the wire with courage and creativity. Cheers to your success. 